Hey everybody, it's Britt, lead pastor at Sunridge. Welcome or welcome back to the Sunridge Teaching Podcast. You know, we are on a mission here at Sunridge to help people find and follow Jesus. We believe in the good news that Jesus welcomes all, regardless of how far you feel from God. That means we're a great starting point to explore Christianity or to sink your spiritual roots deep as a devoted Jesus follower. For the summer, we are gathering indoors with a team teaching model that provides opportunities for you to stop and process some of the concepts we cover. If you're listening to the podcast, we recommend you too gather with some friends or family to discuss the introspective questions attached to the note sheets you can find at our website. And the podcast will note the appropriate breaks in the Sunday teachings for you to do that. If you'd like to know more about us, just check out our website, sunridgechurch.org. And of course, we'd love to have you drop in anytime for a visit and to learn and worship along with us. And now, here's our teaching for the week. We hope it leads you to encounter the way of Jesus more fully. Thank you again for joining us this fifth Sunday in our Formed series. This time that we are taking throughout our series this summer to spend some time introducing and practicing together a different spiritual practice every single week. Our hope and our prayer in this time is that God really would be using it to form us, to transform us into the image of his son, into people who are finding and following Jesus more each and every day. Before I tell you what the spiritual practice for today is, I want to remind those of you who are in the worship center, if you feel comfortable to go ahead and put that name tag on, I would love for you to do that. Our hope is really that we would be getting to know each other a little bit more this summer, and knowing each other's names goes a long way to making that happen. And then if you are joining us online on our live stream format, I want to remind you that our hope is that you would be able to participate in a similar fashion to the way that we're doing that here in the worship center. So that means every time that we kind of break up for our discussion questions, our hope is that you have people there that you are chatting with about those as well. For all of us, just a heads up, you are gonna want your note sheet and a pen when we get later on into the practices. So if you need to go ahead and grab one right now, feel free to do that. Or if you are online and you need to print one out, go ahead and do that now as well. Well, Our intro for today is actually a really simple one. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what our spiritual practice for this day is for the whole week. And then we're going to show you a series of three short videos back to back. Then your task in your discussion group will be to try to figure out how those three videos are related to each other, kind of what that common thread is, and then what they have to do with the spiritual practice for this week. Sound good? Okay, well, I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we'll get started. (sighs) Heavenly Father, today we give thanks for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that you walk with us, that you are with us each and every day. Lord, we proclaim that faithfulness, that you are true in all of your promises, and that your goodness and your love never fail us. Would you open our eyes to the ways that you are at work in our lives. As we gather here today, would you fill us, fill our hearts and our minds, our spirits, Lord? Would you be transforming us, people who look more like you every single day, through Jesus Christ, our Lord? Amen. Okay, our spiritual discipline for this week is meditation. 
and you want to see a cow that lays down and, and you've got 90% of those cows in a pen that are, are chewing their cud within 20, 30 minutes of, of coming out of the milk barn. Those are the signs and if, if they're not there, you better, you better pay attention because they're telling you something's not right. Okay, what do you guys think? Now it's time to, wherever you are, just cluster up, find anywhere between three and six people and just cluster up and answer this question. What is the common thread in these videos and what do they have to do with meditation? We're gonna give you just a couple of minutes to talk about that in your discussion groups. Hey, Joel. <laughs> so what in the world does a cow methodically chewing cud and then Psalm 1, or meditation, have to do with one another. Well, later on in this service, I will show you a video that I think portrays a little bit closer to how you and I think about meditation. But this morning, before we get there, I think it's important to try and weave those things together. And the first thing that comes to mind when we saw that cow chewing slowly was actually, to me, one of Jesus' preferred ways of teaching. Because when Jesus was going around speaking to the crowds, more often than not, his predominant style or method for communicating was actually taking everyday images, sometimes farm animals or things that people could see nearby, and then paralleling them to life in the kingdom under God's rule and reign. It was often in juxtaposition how people thought about life could be apart from him, but under the submission to Jesus as king, God as heavenly father, people could determine and see the abundant life that he offered to them. And so again, over and over, Jesus uses parables to speak about greater things. And then we talk about Psalm chapter one and meditating. I can remember being in second or third grade on Wednesday nights at First Christian Church in National City and my parents at the time, I think they volunteered with our high schoolers. But what I remembered is I was stuck inside a little classroom with toys and there would be an older congregant there with us. But rather than just letting us play, they actually started introducing us to scripture. Maybe it was Grandma Dorothy or Grandma Naomi, but I can remember the very first extended passage of scripture that I was actually introduced to was Psalm 1. And still in there. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or walk in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight 
is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a stream planted by water, which yields fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither. All he does prospers. And it goes on from there. It's still there. And so when we as a team were looking at our spiritual disciplines in particular this week, and Lise had this idea of us looking at these cows and then connecting it to Psalm chapter one and ultimately the delight and the joy that we can have in scripture, we thought that is an incredible idea. Because often when you and I think about meditation, as we'll see later, we perhaps think about just musing or dwelling deeply in thought, and that's certainly a component of it. But in the Hebrew, most often what we translate into meditate, Hagah, actually refers to a murmuring, a grumbling, a cooing, a speaking over of things repetitively. And so you see that cow chewing on this cod, cud, over and over and over. And then that professor, whoever, that milk or cow expert saying that happy cows chew their cud, and we can see the connection, the parallels, can't we? So throughout this summer series, when we've looked at these spiritual disciplines, we have been focusing on Romans 12, verse 2, to walk us through this. And I think it's pretty cool because our kids actually just concluded a three-week series on Thursday nights where we were teaching them to memorize Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so in this first teaching section, we've been asking ourselves, what is the pattern of this world as it relates to our spiritual discipline? Why would we be invited to practice into something, and what is it countering? And so here's your first fill in the blank. We might submit to you that our minds are prone to ruminate on unhelpful things. Now, just a month ago at our pre-summer retreat, our resident brain expert, Marla Pitsit, walked us through a session on Saturday night that had us begin to identify some of those unhelpful thoughts that tend to percolate in our minds and then live out in some form or fashion. And so we were attempting to dissect those things, perhaps look at their origins, and then work towards transforming them, replacing them with God's truth instead. And I don't know about you, but I've got my own version of unhelpful thoughts that come pretty quickly, right? I've got three in particular that come. And if I'm playing basketball or even in the middle of verse rehearsal, and sometimes I think it's pretty obnoxious, but it kind of just comes out. And my mom hated this word, so I'm sorry for saying it out loud. But one of the things I just say out loud is, I suck. I'll yell that when I'm playing basketball. I'll yell that in between verse rehearsal when I can't nail a song. And the second thing I like to tell myself is, you don't need to be here. And the third one is, I'm terrible. I mean, I'm telling you, those three thoughts come over and over and over in my brain, and I happen to say them out loud. So what's your version of the unhelpful thing that you dwell on, that you muse on, that you ruminate on, that you focus on? And it comes out in your behavior, your speaking, your doing. And maybe your version of an unhelpful thought isn't necessarily negative. Maybe it's not self-harming in that way. Perhaps your version of unhelpful thoughts comes in the form of fantasizing about a life outside of your own. And so often through the day, you think about things that aren't in front of you because you're dwelling on a version of your life that you would much rather have than the discontented version of yourself that you're with. 
Or maybe it's a version of unhelpfulness that is quick to judgment or critical of the people around you. Maybe your version of unhelpful is worrying constantly or living in a state of anxiety or fear. I don't know what your version of unhelpful is, but if you're a human being and you have a brain, then we can admit that every single one of us lives in a quote unquote lifestyle of sin constantly because our minds tend to wander and focus on things apart from how God desires and created us to live abundantly. So, How can we participate in being transformed by the renewing of our minds? We're getting into this second section here. The first thing that we can do is to begin to recognize what we are chewing on. What do you tend to chew on? What's that cud? Right? So we could say that we could analyze our sources of intake, perhaps. Maybe the shows that we're watching, music that we listen to, our podcasts, our subscriptions, whatever that may be. But really when we're thinking this morning about why we would meditate on scripture in its place, we, we want to go back to what I just alluded to, which were those negative or unhelpful things that tend to just cycle through our brains that fire upstairs without us even having to think very conscientiously. And so in an effort to be transformed, it seems pretty straightforward what we would offer this morning. There isn't any magic here. This isn't going to seem profound. Here's your next fill in the blank. We can participate in our transformation by learning to choose scripture instead. Again, that sounds super elementary, right? It sounds like going into a Sunday school class and someone raising their hands for the answer and just saying Jesus or the Bible. But there's a reason why we have this. And it's not just to learn great things. It's not just to think academically or quote unquote deeply. But what would happen if you and I began to be inhabited by these words that clearly are not our own. These aren't words that we made up, and yet they resonate so deeply with our human condition as people who worry and fret and judge quickly and are spurned to anger or think negatively. It's here for much more than just taking great things in. So I'd like to introduce you to a passage of scripture that you've probably heard referenced before that in the Jewish tradition is known as the Shema. Because the first word that we see here, here in the Hebrew Shema, actually is about hearing and listening. But it's inseparable from actually doing and speaking and walking. And it is used by Jews, devout Jews in particular, in the morning, in the evening. It's prayer that's learned by the youngest of kids in festivals and holidays. It can be that climactic portion of the service. And we see Jesus, when he's asked about what is the most important commandment, we see him referencing the Shema and then adding on loving our neighbor as ourselves. And so in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, we hear, Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. And we'll pause there. 
even though Shema in its fullest form contains other passages of scripture that are attached to this, and it continues actually a very long recitation. I encourage you, you can go online and you can see people practice or speak this out. It's beautiful. You know, most traditionally there is a covering of the forehead and eyes, and they begin to recite this in a way that sounds melodic, Shema, like that. It's, it's beautiful. I encourage you, go look that up if you'd like to. But what we see here from the very beginning is they're given an invitation to hear, to listen, to do. Why? Because of course, of course, the assumption is that we have thoughts on our own that are separate from what God desires. And so the calling to keep them in their heart to do this in the morning and the evening is to say, I'm going to surround my brain. I'm going to surround my day with thoughts that do not originate with me. And so over and over throughout the Hebrew scriptures, when we see the call to remember that it was God who delivered, that it's God who will continue to be faithful, when we see that. It's recognizing that, of course, in our human nature, our inclination is to separate ourselves from what God has actually done and instead rely on our own ways of thinking and subsequent doing. Now, I told you I'd share with you a little video this morning that perhaps gives us a better picture of how we think about meditation. And so I'd like to turn your attention to the screens. And after you watch this uncomfortability slash cuteness, I'll keep going. Okay, boys, we're gonna play a little game. You guys ready? You look like you're in trouble. You're not in trouble. <laughs> okay, the way, all right, the way the game works, hold on, Drew, the way the game works, I'm gonna say a word, and then you do the thing that first comes to mind when I say the word, okay? All right, let's try, let's do an example. What about basketball? Act it out, basketball. Basketball. That's it? You got you, Tyler? Truly? Okay, let's let Okay, perfect. All right, let's do one more word. This is your final word. So when I say this word, you need to do exactly what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Meditation. Perfect. That actually worked. Good job, you guys. All right, love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, so cute. I don't know those kids. Who are they? Those are actually uh, our three little kiddos. And we cut off her to the, it was super funny. Ty actually goes into like a handstand pose right there. He's our middle child. I was a middle child as well. As you can tell, there might be some rubbing off there in the ridiculousness department. And then little Truy, of course, he's always caught me in that. And it's just that nice, even keeled firstborn kid that doesn't want to do anything wrong. Birth order, my friends, it's a real thing. So let's continue moving here. When we think about meditation, if that's the picture that we have, which is just silently getting to a pose and murmuring, um, you know, that, that's not entirely what it is. And that isn't to discredit. That isn't to discredit that type of practicing. Often when we think about words like meditation, we can get spooked out because people will say, well, that's Eastern. Or quite frankly, our spiritual roots and heritage, they begin in the near ancient East and Middle East. And so if this stuff feels uncomfortable to us, well, that's because a lot of us are here in the West and we've separated these things and we think that they ought to look one way or another. But let's remember where this begins. And yet what we see in scripture isn't just amusing or meditating, that's a God, but a murmuring a God. They go 
together. And so here's your last fill in the blank there. We can be intentional with how we consume. Little kids that went to their first bit of school, if they were little Israelites, they would be in Bet Sefer. Britt talked about it several weeks ago. And according to tradition, there are rabbis who would use great object lessons. And perhaps their first day of school, and they got their wooden tablet where they would learn to write down the letters or the scripture that they would be memorizing. Rabbis would drizzle honey onto that. And it would be in reference to Psalm 119, verses 103, which says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And as these little ones were perhaps seeing and smelling and tasting this sticky, gooey sweetness for the first time, rabbis would speak over their children in the classroom. May his words be like honey on your lips. And so over the course of their studying in school, and they could always go back to that first time when they heard their teacher say, May his words be like honey on your lips. So it's no surprise then that in this latter part of the Shema, we see recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Find them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Do you see how active meditation is? Do you see all the verbs there? reciting them, talking about them, binding them, fixing them, writing them. You see, it's really clear that if we know that you and I are prone to get caught up in our minds and our way of thinking, and there isn't one person in this room, let alone this planet, that could not confess the fact that we are in many ways held captive to unhelpful negative patterns of thought upstairs, then wouldn't it be incredible if as a faith community filled with our skepticism and our doubts and our wondering and our convictions to keep trying to walk forward, in replacement of those things, we would start reaching for the word and the words of God that do not originate with us, but can certainly begin to indwell us. So here's your question as we go into a little bit of time. You'll get one minute to think on your own, and then a three-minute time will come up for you. How do you imagine Scripture being able to help your mind move away from your unhelpful thoughts? So sit for a minute with yourself there, think about that, and then turn to people around you. And if you happen to be in a spot where you're by yourself, you can huddle up with some people nearby and then answer together. Well, this morning I get to be the closer, just like I was last week, which means I get to take us through this last portion of our Romans 12.2 framework, this part where we test and approve, try and see together what God's will for us in the realm of meditation. And thankfully, Jed already in his portion just now really introduced us to the bulk of how we're gonna go about this together. Because we are reminded over and over again in scripture that scripture itself is something that we have to take active steps to take in. Remember Jesus in the wilderness to Satan really compared scripture to bread, to actual food, saying that man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Scripture is actual food for us to take in, to chew on, to digest, and let nourish us in every single way. So then we can say with certainty that reading the Bible without meditating on it is like swallowing food without chewing it first. 
<laughs> without chewing it first. So if we're going to test and approve, try and see together, then we're going to actually have to practice chewing a little bit. We? And we decided that rather than have me come up here and talk about how we all need to be chewing on scripture more, instead, we would actually do it. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Instead of me talking to you about it, we are going to practice meditating on scripture together. Today, I get to lead us through a particular practice of scripture meditation, one of many ways to chew on the word of God, something that we'll practice together here. And then you will be invited throughout the course of the week to do on your own as your daily practice. This is going to be something that is familiar to many of us, but also that's new to many of us as well. And it's called Lectio Divina. And that's a Latin phrase that means sacred or holy reading. It's a, an ancient practice that's a slow and contemplative way of reading scripture that, um, you know, it's, it's old and it's ancient. And yet it's really interestingly being rediscovered and reappreciated by Christians today of every single background. And so today that's what we're going to get to do together. It's a way for us to open ourselves to the presence and the experience of God, the, the indwelling of God through his revealed word. You've probably noticed by now that most of the time when we read from Scripture, we use the NIV or the NRSV translations around here. But today, when I lead you through this Lecture Divina, I'm going to be using uh, what is the paraphrase called The Message. This is by Eugene Peterson. And he really wrote this as what he calls a reading Bible more than a study Bible. And that's going to be really helpful for us for something like Lectio Divina, which isn't really meant to be kind of that critical analysis of Scripture, but rather a contemplative and personal reading of Scripture. Those kind of fresh and contemporary words are going to serve us well in that way. Remember, that this is one of many ways that we are seeking to chew on the Word of God, to meditate on the Word of God. And, and no one way of doing that is ever meant to be the whole way that we're doing that. Lectio Divina is one way that we're going to practice that together today. It's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable in here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But remember that we said, we said all the way back at our pre-summer retreat that we have to expect for some things to feel kind of difficult feel different, feel uncomfortable, feel awkward sometimes, and that that's okay. Because that's what we have to expect if we're going to go after our transformation in the way that God and his love for us intends for us. Because what doesn't challenge us doesn't change us. So we're going to start with just preparing. Whether you're here in the worship center or whether you are following along with us at home, just settle in your chair. I'm going to lead us through these steps. You can take a couple of deep breaths. If you want to kind of move around, you can. If you want to close your eyes, you can. This is our time where we're just settling into the presence of God. Calm your heart and your mind as much as possible, letting go of what happened just before this service and what's going to come after this service. If you'd like, you can invite the Holy Spirit in with a prayer like, come, Holy Spirit. So settle into the presence of God right now for just a few moments. For our practice today of Lectio Divina, I'm going to be reading the same passage of Scripture from the Gospel of John four different times. And each time after I read it, you're going to be invited to reflect on that passage in a different way. 
So the first of these times of reflection is called Lectio, and this is where we just listen and just hear what the words of Scripture are. Uh, this is just an opportunity to get to know the Scripture passage itself. So we're going to listen carefully for any words or phrases that jump out, consider the people speaking and the action that might be in the passage, the time, the place, the feelings, the senses involved. So feel free to just receive the word of the Lord at this time. From the Gospel of John, chapter 15. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. Now for the second reading of the passage of scripture for Lectio Divina, this is the time where we really get to start reflecting on what the passage says to us. This is when we focus further on those points that came to mind that were brought to the surface for us in that first reading. And it's time to reflect really on what you hear God saying to you through this passage. You are welcome to relate this to your own life, to make it personal. This is the time that you don't so much try to slip into study mode where you think about interesting points or maybe what you know about what comes before or after this verse, but really just focus on what you hear God saying to you in particular. Maybe if there's a word or a phrase that strikes you in a certain way, you have space there on your note sheet that you can write that down. Don't strain or kind of really exert effort. Just receive from the Lord at this time. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. This next step of Lectio Divina is when we get to respond. So the idea is as you're listening to the words, you can let these words be your prayer. Um, let them be a response to God for whatever particular life situations you have going on. You can either do that in silent prayer or you also have space to do so on your note sheet. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. 
And then finally, the last step of Lectio Divina is called rest. And this is where we think about what God can teach us in silence, just sitting before him, waiting to receive. We just sit quietly and allow God to work during this reading. It's not so much a time for prayer as a time to receive from him. So in that way, it kind of relates back to what we talked about when we were talking about solitude and silence and receiving from him. So just sit in silence and take it all in as you're listening again to the passage. And you can just listen to the words and listen to God's voice to you this morning. This is my command, love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bears, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. Thank you for nourishing us with your powerful word. We ask that you would continue to breathe new life and transformation into us throughout the course of this week as we meditate on your words. We ask that you would shape our hearts and minds for your glory and the sake of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So for our practice this week, we are invited to do Lectio Divina every single day, Monday through Friday. It can take as little as 10 minutes, just like it did just now, or it can take much longer than that. It actually often takes much longer than that. But you can know that you can squeeze it in to 10 minutes if you need to. On your note sheet, you have suggestions for scripture passages every single day. You're welcome to those. You don't have to use those if you don't want to, but you're welcome to them. On your way out too, you can grab extra note sheets if you wanna have kind of how it's got those lined up for you already to respond to, or they'll, they'll be online as well, so you can print those out too. So those are our practices for this week. There's also some extra credit, just because we know how important it is to actually memorize scripture, just like Jed was talking about. He has so many verses just there so that you can counter those unhelpful thoughts, often we, we just, we need the scripture already there in our head. And so we're inviting you to start with Romans 12 too, if you haven't already memorized it. I will tell you though, that's what we had our kindergartners through fifth graders memorize, just like Jed said at Kids Night Out. So if you're up for a little bit more of a challenge, you can go ahead and keep going in that Romans chapter 12 and see how far you can get. And with that in mind, that memorization piece in mind, we wanted to give you um, access to a resource that's called everypsalm.com. This is something that we came across that actually is that third video. It's, it's a group called Poor Bishop Hooper, and it's a, it's a husband and wife team. They're pastors, they're songwriters, they're musicians, and they create incredibly beautiful little songs that, that are for scripture. They're actually going through a series right now where they are writing, they're composing and releasing a different Psalm. They're going in order, number order every single week. And so that's a wonderful resource. Often I find a lot of kind of the music 
um, that's put to our scripture memorization is often geared towards kids, which is wonderful, but this is much more geared in that very beautiful and haunting kind of psalm melodic way. And so we would encourage you to look at that this week. Music is such a wonderful way to get the scripture into our heads. And as a special treat, our worship team will be leading us through that Psalm 1 in a little bit. Well, that's what's coming in this week to come, meditation, but we also just had a week behind us, right, where we were all practicing submission. Did everybody here get a chance to practice submission? I heard a few stories of people having to submit to people on the road. I heard stories of people on road trips having to submit to semis who kept moving into their lanes. Did anybody actually take on the challenge of letting somebody else pick your food for a meal. Did you? Good job. (laughs) Well, this is your chance. You're going to have a couple minutes to circle up in your groups and talk about what submission was like for you this week. There are a couple of questions that you can reflect on. How did the practice of submission this week, or how did you practice submission this week, and what was your experience like, and what did you learn from your practice of submission this week that you might incorporate into your future? Okay, now within your discussion groups, just pivot a little bit and talk about the week to come. How do you think you might practice meditation this week? What are you looking forward to about practicing meditation? And what do you think is going to be challenging about meditation this week? Take a a couple minutes in your groups. Hey everybody, it's Britt again. Thanks for listening. If you need help with something, if you have a question or you'd like us to pray for you, you can reach us through email info at sunridgechurch.org or if you'd like to know more about us just go to our website sunridgechurch.org it's super easy to navigate we hope you'll listen in again next week and in the meantime wherever you go be the salt and light of the world